verses. What are verses in the Quran? Ayat, yeah, ayah. What does ayah mean? I'm just giving you like an introduction so that we can. Okay, so ayah is different than a sentence because what's how is it different? Like, okay, I like football. Is that a full sentence? Is that a full sentence or no? I love football. Yeah, it's a full sentence. You could put a full stop and it's over, right? But in the Quran, what's amazing is that sometimes Allah uses one word verses. Like Ar-Rahman. The most amazingly merciful. And full stop. Khalas. It's one word and it's an ayah in itself. So what does ayah mean? Ayah is not a sentence. A sentence, it has to be complete, right? But ayat literally means miraculous signs. An ayah in the Arabic language, if you translate it, means a miraculous sign. Now what is a miracle? Very good. Something nobody can do. It's something extraordinary, right? Something that amazes you. So for example, when Musa alayhi salam, he hit the stick in the sea, what happened? The sea split, right? Is that something amazing and extraordinary? So it's a miracle, right? When Isa, Isa was born as a newborn baby, he said, Inni Abdullah. He started talking as a baby. Is that amazing? Yeah. yeah, so these are all miracles. But these are all miracles that you can see with your eyes, correct? Like the, sle the sea splitting, like a stick turning into a snake. Are these miracles that you can see? Yes, sah? What's unique about the Quran is that its ayat are miracles for the ears. When you hear them, you get amazed. When you hear them and you think about them, you get amazed. Then you realize it's a miracle. So what's, what's easier, seeing the sea splitting or thinking about the Quran and hearing it and reflecting upon it? What's easier to experience a miracle? Hmm? The sea. It's much easier, right? You don't, need, you don't need to put any effort. You just see a sea splitting and you say, wow, that was amazing. But with the Quran, it's different. Because with the Quran, Allah said, you have to put some effort. For this book, you want to experience the miracle of the Quran? You have to put some effort, you have to reflect, you have to go a bit deep and think. The Quran makes you think. Okay? If you just read it, and now, how do most people read the Quran in Ramadan? How do they read the Quran in Ramadan? Yeah, but you know, Ramadan is known as like people get connected to the Quran more. صح? Have you noticed that with your parents? How do they read it? Like they try to do Sometimes they listen to it, but most of the time what happens is they, they are after this thing called khatma. Right? When you when you finish the whole Quran from cover to cover. That's called what? A khatma, when you finish the whole Quran. Now how many pages in the Quran? There's like six hundred pages in the Quran. And how many chapters? One, one, four. And how many ayat? There's like more than 6,200 ayat, okay? And so, when you look at all of these ayat and all of these chapters and all of the, like this, it's a pretty big book. So for you to finish it all in one month, at what pace will you have to read? Fast, really fast. You know how many pages you have to read every day if you want to finish the whole Quran in one month? About 20. So if you read 20 pages a day, every single day for 30 days, What's 20 times 30? Who's good in math? 600, very good. So there's 600 pages in the Quran. 20 times 30, you're done, okay? That, like, what I'm trying to say here is that when you read the Quran fast, 
Do you experience the miracle? No. Why not? Exactly. You're not concentrating on what it means. You're not concentrating on what Allah is trying to say to you. You're not thinking about it. You're just running after the pages, waiting to finish the 20 pages every day. Okay, so. Hmm? Exactly, Suleiman. Very good. So it's not about finishing it. It's about understanding what Allah is trying to say. It's about thinking about it. It's about letting it change you. you know, and this is another miracle of the Quran. It changes you to the better. Unlike any other book, like if you read Harry Potter, does it change you? No, it's just entertainment, صح? It's something that's nice, you, you read it once and then you throw it away. Would you read a book twice? No, right? If you, if you know a friend of yours who, who read like Harry Potter five times, what would you call him? Weird. Yeah, weird. Oh, should you know? Potter boy, okay. So he's a big fan of Harry Potter. Similarly, movies, like what's your favorite movie, uh, Saud? Utopia? Okay, so uh, how many times have you watched it? Twice, okay. Suleiman, your favorite movie? How many times did you watch it? Once. Salman? The Avengers? Okay, uh, how many times did you watch it? Once. Ahmed? You don't know? Okay, so. So if you notice, like if you really love a movie, you'll watch it once, maybe twice, right? Maybe three times if you're crazy. But after that, what's going to happen? You'll be like, bored, khalas, I, I read it. What's the big deal? Yeah, khalas, I know the story. You know what's going to happen. You know who's going to die. You know what the, the ending. So it's so boring to watch it again, right? It's a waste of time, isn't it? Same thing with books. You guys read books nowadays or it's all about video games and... Okay, rarely, right? So people who read books, same thing. You read a book once, twice, then you throw it away. Khalas, you give it away to someone, you sell it on eBay or Amazon. Right? You don't want to read a book again. Why? Because you already know what's in it. How is the Quran different? The Quran is not like any other book. The Quran is not like any movie. It's not like any song. Hatta songs, right? You listen to a song once, twice. Maybe you listen to a song. Songs are a bit different than movies and books. Songs, when you listen to them, you get hooked to them and then you... Listen to them for like three months. But you get bored after three months. It's not, about, it's not after one time or two times. You really get hooked to it and then a new song comes and then the old song, khalas, gone, right? And that's why they have charts in, in the music industry, even in the movie industry, they have the charts, right? They call them the box office. You guys know about this, yeah? The box office, which movie made the most money? Which movie was the most popular? And you know, you have websites like IMDB, what's most popular? What happens to this list every now and then? Changes. It keeps changing, right? Now what's different about the Quran is it's a book, no matter how many times you read it, you're never going to get bored of it. You could read it since the time you were five years old, all the way up until you're a hundred years old. Will you ever get bored of it? Can, I, can someone ever say, Allah khalas, I read the Quran and you, I'm bored, I need another book. You can't say that. Why? Because you don't get bored. Why don't you get bored? Because the pages never change. Okay, the, the writing and the pages don't change, you write. But why don't you get bored of it? Very good. Salman, you want to say something? Okay, so... 
You know what? Why you don't get bored? Because who wrote the Quran? Whose words are the Quran? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Are these exactly his words? Well, uh, are they Jibreel's version of Allah's words? Or are they the Prophet's version of Allah's words? Are you sure? Okay, so there's, there's a doubt that we have to clear. Guess what? Every single letter of the Quran, every single harf and every single haraka, you know, ha-hi-hu, right? Every single haraka, every single word, from cover to cover, they are all Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's words. Directly from Him. Without any intervention from any human being, any angel. Okay? Jibreel was just a messenger. Whatever exactly Allah wanted to be revealed down as an ayah came down exactly. Right? There was no change in it. Okay? So the Prophet didn't change it. Jibreel didn't change it. Okay? That's why it's a miracle. That's why it's a miracle. Now coming to Fatiha. So Fatiha, like we said, is the opener of this book. And Fatiha, what's special about Fatiha is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called it in a different place in the Quran. He called it Sab'an min al-Mathani. Sab'an min al-Mathani. Okay? So seven, Sab'an means seven. How many ayat in Fatiha? How many ayat in Surah Al-Fatiha? Two? It's seven, right? So Bismillah Rahman Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. What comes next? Rahman Rahim, Malik Yamuddin, Yaqan Abdu Yaqan Astain, Ehdana Salat Mustaqim, and then Surat Aladdin Amta Alim, Gayer Maghdub Alim, Waladalin. Amin is not part of the Fatiha. Okay? <laughs> so Amin is just something you say in Salah. But what does Amin mean? Oh Allah, accept our dua. Okay? You say Amin after you make a dua. So it's not really part of the Quran, but it's good to say it after. The Fatiha in Salah while you're praying Jama'ah, right? When you're praying in a masjid. Okay, good. So Surah Al-Fatiha is known as Sab Al-Mathani. Now what does the word Mathani mean? There's different words of it, uh, different meanings of it in the Quran. Mathani comes from thana, which means to praise something. When you say, wow, something is amazing, you say, that's amazing, that's incredible, that's you know, something that you appreciate. That's called thana. So Allah basically is telling us that this Quran is sab al-mathani. These ayat, these seven ayat are some of the best ayat of the Quran. And you know how like every book has a table of contents? Okay. The Quran, think of it like a table of contents for the entire Quran. So how many surahs in the Quran? 114. If you, want, if you leave Surah, uh, surah Al-Fatiha out, you're left with how many surahs? 113, صح? If you want to understand the overall message of all of the 113 surahs of the Quran, which surah do you read? Surah Al-Fatiha. So Surah Al-Fatiha is like a summary of the entire Quran. It's like an introduction and a table of contents to all of the Quran. It's like a summary of the entire Quran. So if you want to... And is that amazing or no? Right? It's, that in itself is a miracle that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala summarized the entire Qur'an. And by the way, is the Qur'an an ocean of knowledge or it's limited knowledge? Ocean. There's endless knowledge in the Qur'an. Okay? It's... Yes. That's why Alif, Lam, Meem. The Qur'an, like Surah Al-Baqarah starts with what? Alif, Lam, Meem. Right? 
the, every single letter of these, this ayah in itself, there's huge miracles in it. That inshallah, if I only spoke about Alif Lam Mim, we'd spend one hour now, really. Okay? But anyway, our focus is Fatiha. So, Fatiha is a summary of the entire Quran. Now, I want you to appreciate this, right? All of us, we should be thankful. Alhamdulillah that Allah gave us Surah Al-Fatiha. Because imagine if there was no summary of the Quran. We'd have to read the entire Quran to understand what Allah wants from us. But Allah said, you know what? It's okay, relax. I've given you Surah Al-Fatiha, relax. If you understand it, if you read it in your salah, and by the way, how many times do you read it every day if we're praying five times a day? Or do we only read it five times? Yeah, how many rak'ah? Because every rak'ah you got to pray with Fatiha. So 17, very good. So how many times are we reading Surah Al-Fatiha every single day? 17 times. Is that a big deal or a small deal? It's a big deal. And by the way, if you don't read Surah Al-Fatiha in your Salah, is your Salah accepted? Your Salah isn't even accepted, so it's a pretty big deal. And by the way, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala tells us that this Surah is very special because Allah says, قَسَمْتُ الصَّلَاةَ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ عَبْدِي نَصْفَيْنِ I have split Salah between me and my slave in how many parts? Two parts. Okay, so there's two parts to Fatiha. What did Allah call Surah Al-Fatiha? As-Salah. Allah said, when He was talking about Surah Al-Fatiha, He called it Salah, which means what? Salah, what, of the, what is the core of Salah? Surah Al-Fatiha. So the core objective of us praying is reciting Surah Al-Fatiha. It's that big of a deal. Okay? And by the way, is Salah a big deal in, in our deen? Yeah. How big of a deal is it? It's one of the five pillars, right? So if you're not praying and you say you're a Muslim, then is there something wrong with your Islam? Something's wrong, right? If you say I'm too busy to pray, that means you're not really seriously a Muslim, right? So five times prayer, this is like minimum, okay? But Allah is telling us Fatiha is Salah. So without Fatiha, there is no Salah, basically. And if you understand Fatiha, you understand Salah. What does Salah mean? Sila. What does Sila mean? Wasalt. Ittisal. What does Ittisal mean? Call. So, Salah is a connection between you and Allah. Wow. Imagine, it's like a. Yeah, imagine like the king of Bahrain calls you on your phone. Hey Salman, Ma'ak Sheikh Hamad. How do you feel? <laughs> yeah, you'd be shocked, right? You'd be nervous, you'd be shocked. And so Allah is telling us, you get to talk to me five times a day. That's the honor Allah has given us, it's a gift. And in Surah Al Fatiha, there's how many ayat? And how many times are we meeting in Ramadan? Yes, yeah, so how many times in Ramadan? How many Wednesdays are there this Ramadan, by the way, guys? Four or five? Sometimes there's five, depending, right? One, two, three, four. Yeah, four. When is Eid? Uh, so it's on six. Uh, six is Eid? Okay, so yeah, so four times. So what we're going to do is, there's seven ayat, and I want to cover the whole of Fatiha 
in four sessions, okay? So today is like an introduction. And um, so maybe today we'll do like Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim Maybe we'll do Alhamdulillah, okay? Um, if you read a translation of the Quran, you guys know what a translation is? Yeah? yeah? What is a translation? Okay. Okay. So if you were to read a translation of Surah Al-Fatiha, how long will it take you? Are you sure? Just a translation. Uh, it takes you about 20 seconds if you're a slow reader. Okay? You want me to read out a translation for you of the Surah Al-Fatiha in English? Since we're speaking in English, just to give you a flavor of what a translation is. How many of you ever re read a translation of Surah Al-Fatiha in English? Any of you ever read it? Okay, good. So let's, let's read a translation. And then I'll tell you why I'm doing this. Okay? Explain to you the point behind it. So who's counting? You're counting? Okay. Are you ready? I'm not ready yet. Okay. One, two, three. In the name of God, the compassionate, the merciful. Praise be to God, Lord of all the worlds, the compassionate, the merciful, and master of the day of judgment. To you alone do we render service, and to you alone do we look for aid. Guide us on the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored, not of those who have earned your anger, nor of those who have gone astray. Okay, 22 seconds. Very good. So... Did you guys understand anything? No. Nothing. A bit, yani maybe, right? Just a little bit. Like what percent did you understand? Like very, very little, okay? So when you come to a, a, a dars like this, when you come to a class like this and you listen to a teacher explaining Surah Al-Fatiha, it's going to be a totally different experience than when you sit at home and you try to study the Quran on your, by yourself, okay? Because... It's a very shallow way of reading the Qur'an when you read a translation. How many of you like swimming? Any of you did snorkeling ever? What about diving? You have diving? Paddy license? With the, with, with the tank and everything? Like with scuba diving and everything? The gear and everything? Okay, good. Very good. So um, you guys should get it one day, inshallah. It's amazing. Uh, I have, alhamdulillah, a scuba diving license. And what's the advantage I have over someone who doesn't even have goggles and he's swimming on the ocean, in, the, in the sea? What advantage do I have? What do I get to see that he can't see? The fish, the corals. Yeah, and a lot of beautiful things in the sea. What else do I see in the ocean? Crabs. Yeah, horse, uh, what do they call that? Seahorse, all sorts of beautiful things, beautiful colors. And when I go down and I see all these things, do I get amazed? Yeah. But when I come back up and I share this with the, the guy who's swimming on the surface, will he understand what I'm saying? No. What's the only way that the guy on the surface will understand what I'm saying? What's, so what does he have to do? He has to come down with me. And dive deep also to experience it for himself, right? So that's what we're trying to do in this, in this session. When you come to me, when we talk about Qur'an, right? 
uh, when we go deep into the meanings of the Quran and the meanings of the ayat, you get to say, wow. You get to say, wow. You get to appreciate the Quran. Okay? You get to say, wow, this is amazing. I didn't know that there's so much meaning behind the Fatiha. But most people, do they have a deep relationship with the Fatiha or a shallow relationship? Shallow, right? That's why most people in the Surah Fatiha, many of them don't even understand what it means. By the way, how many of your friends don't even know Surah Al-Fatiha? Like out of 10 friends, how many would not even know Surah Al-Fatiha by heart? Maybe two or one, yeah? Yeah. How many of those, how many of those know what it means? Ooh, wow, that pains. That's painful, right? Zero. Don't even know what it means. And this is like not even beginning with the Quran. This is like the table of contents. We haven't even understood the table of contents. So how far are we from the book of Allah? Not even close, right? Is that good or bad? Yeah. And so I don't want to make you feel bad, right? Inshallah, you guys are um, chosen by Allah, right? You, you should feel special. Allah chose you to come to understand this book in more depth, right? So this is very special. You're going to be like the, the cream of your class now. You know how like in a cake you have the cherry on the top? You're the cherry, inshallah, right? You guys chose to do something nobody else is doing, which is amazing, inshallah. And then hopefully you could also convince your friends to come. Maybe you could share this with your friends. You could share it with your family, okay? But the first ayah of Surah Al-Fatiha, um, I want to start with, which is what? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Okay. So, what does it mean? In the name of Allah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, right? In the name of Allah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Now, remember when Jibreel alayhi salam came to the Prophet when he first came to him, when the Quran was revealed, what happened? He told him, "Iqra." And what did the Prophet say? Ma ana I don't know how to read. And then Jibreel told him, Iqra again. He said, Ma ana biqara. Iqra. Ma ana biqara. Then what did he say? Iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. And then, khalaq al-insana min alaq. And then the Prophet was able to recite. And so, how did the Prophet get the power to recite? From where did he get the power to recite? From Bismillah. Okay? If it... So when the Prophet tried himself, was he able to read? When he used Bismillah, was he able to read? Yes. So what we're learning here is that Bismillah is like the secret sauce. Whenever you face difficulty in life, whenever there is something that you're trying to do that's difficult, it's not happening, there's an exam you're studying for, it's very difficult. When there's a football match you're about to play, when you say Bismillah, what does Allah do? He helps you, okay? He helps you in a way that you can... And by the way, when Allah helps you, do you need anybody else's help? Why not? He can do anything. Good, Saud. So he's Allah, he can do anything. Nothing is impossible, right? He just has to say, Kun fayakun. That's it. It's like that, super easy for him, okay? Um, so when do we have to say Bismillah? What did the Prophet ﷺ teach us? 
When are we supposed to say Bismillah? Beginning of Salah, very good. Hmm? Beginning of every surah, except one surah in the Quran where it doesn't even start with Bismillah. Do you guys know which surah that is? No. I, uh, that's an ayah. Which surah does not even start with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim? There's one surah. Yeah. Uh, no, close. It's actually Surah At-Tawbah. Surah At-Tawbah in the Quran. Doesn't, it's the only surah in the Quran that doesn't start with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. It starts with uh, a normal ayah, right? Not, it doesn't even start with Surah Tawbah. Why? That's a good question. It's, an, uh, it's a separate discussion, okay? But uh, inshallah, we'll, we'll leave that for some other time. But it's a good question, inshallah. Maybe towards the end we could talk about it. Because, you know, Tawbah is t- it talks about like the non-believers, the munafiqoon, and it talks about a time of war, right? Where there's a lot of fighting going on, and fa- in a sense, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is not even mentioned there. Okay. So, Surah Al-Fatiha starts with Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, and so we said Bismillah is like that secret sauce that will help you what in accomplishing things. Do you, do you have things in your life that you want to accomplish? Yes, we all have things in life that we want to accomplish, right? You know what shaitan does to us? He makes us believe that we can do things on our own. Without Allah. And 99% of the world, they're struggling with life because... Excuse me? Ah, baby. 99% of the world... Why are they struggling? Yeah. Yeah, but why are they struggling? What does shaitan trick them to think? Not, not that Allah can't help them. Very good. Very good, Ahmed. They can do stuff by themselves. You don't need Allah. You can do things on your own. You have muscles. You can lift this table on your own. You're smart. You can, you can pass this exam on your own. You're fast, you can, you know, run the 100 meters dash in 10 seconds on your own. You are um, a good player, good football player, you can score goals on your own. You don't need who? Allah. That's one of shaitan's biggest tricks, right? And so, the sh- you know, shaitan, does he want our life to be happy and easy? Well, he wants it to be sad and miserable and difficult. Sad and miserable and difficult. He wants our life to be messed up. He wants our life to be the most miserable life where we're always sad, upset, worried, scared, angry, right? What does Allah want our life to be? Nice, easy, not difficult, happy, peaceful, okay? Alright? That's what Allah wants our life to be. Um, by the way, quick question, does Allah want us to be happy only in je- the Jannah of Akhirah or also in this world? Very good, also in this world. What does shaitan want? In both, in dunya and in Akhirah. He wants us to be sad and miserable and, and bored and afraid and angry in dunya and in 
akhirah, right? So you're messed up completely. So Surah Al-Fatiha, Allah is telling us right at the beginning, before you start your relationship with me, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Get used to saying Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim in everything you do. What else did the Prophet ﷺ tell us to recite Bismillah in? Besides Salah, besides Quran, when else? When we need help. Also, the Prophet ﷺ has taught us to say Bismillah in other places also. During your day, like different activities that you... Can you think of something? Very good, Salman. When you're eating, what are you supposed to say? Bismillah. How many of us say Bismillah, by the way? Okay. Many people don't, right? Many people forget. By the way, what's the point of saying Bismillah before you eat? Yes. Good. What else, Ruth? There's a bone in your fish. Very good. Shaitan can't eat with you, Ahmed. Yeah. So when you say, and by the way, um, do you just say it or you have to think about Bismillah when you say it? You have to think about it. And you know, so I have a theory also. Um, you know how there's healthy food and not healthy food. There's food with poison like Suleiman said, right? There's different types of food. When you say Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, okay? When you say Bismillah and you eat, what does Allah do? He puts barakah and protection in that food. And so whatever you're eating, yeah, because you know, everything that you eat, there's good stuff in it and there's bad stuff, right? The good stuff, where does it go? In your body, in your blood, and all the like, nutrients and all that kind of stuff. What about the bad stuff? It comes out, right? We don't have to discuss where it comes out, right? And how? It just comes out, right? And so when you say, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Allah is going to tell you, by the way, sometimes does good stuff also come out? Sometimes, right? When you're eating like, and does sometimes bad stuff stay in your body if you're eating like health, uh, bad food? Sometimes, yeah. So when you say Bismillah and you eat, you're telling Allah, Ya Allah, I need your protection, I need your help to make sure that the best food goes in my body and the worst stuff comes out. I don't want any of this bad stuff to stay in my body and I don't want any of the good stuff to go out of my body, okay? Same thing, wh wh when else do we say Bismillah? Yes? When you start the Salah, when else? In your activities, daily activities, think about it. Hmm? <laughs> yeah, so you're in a roller coaster ride and you're dropping and you're anti-gravity you're scared. Why do you say Bismillah? Because you need Allah's help then, right? Protection and help. When else? Yes? Or in a scary movie, you're scared, there's a scary scene. <gasps> Bismillah, right? You get scared and you want to say that. Very good. Bad. What else, Ahmed? When else are we supposed to say Bismillah? I'm trying to get to something. If you think about it, I'm trying to get to something. Okay, before you read your ma'awidat, think about your normal life, right? Outside of salah and Quran and ma'awidat, yeah. When you read the Quran, okay, very good. What about when you have an exam? Before you start, do you remember to say Bismillah? Yeah. Do most people remember? No. And then do most people struggle with the exam? 
Yeah. Most people, and by the way, how are most people when it comes to exams? Are they enjoying it? Are they happy? No one enjoys it, right? Why not? Because, you know, the teacher makes it so difficult and it's stressful, right? It's stressful. You want to pass. But guess what? If you say Bismillah and you really mean it before any exam, how are you supposed to feel during the exam? Safe, calm, confident. Because who's with you? And if Allah is with you, is any test difficult? No test is difficult. Okay. So maybe people are saying Bismillah, but they don't really internalize what it means. They don't really understand what it means. So the lesson today is, when you, whenever you say Bismillah, before anything that you're trying to do in life, Say it with meaning, internalize what it means. Ya Allah, I need your help. Before you sleep. Before you sleep. Why, by the way, good point here. Why do we say Bismillah before we sleep? Yeah. Very good. So Shaitan doesn't give us nightmares. And what else? You're safe while sleeping. Because sometimes, you know, um, an ant can come near your ear. But you've said Bismillah, so it leaves. Maybe an insect's about to come in your nose, but you've said Bismillah. So who's keeping you safe? Allah's keeping you safe. Very good. And you know, sometimes people, they wake up with like a strained neck or something, right? Yeah. yeah. So if you say Bismillah, inshallah, you wake up safe. Also, are we supposed to wake up early, like for something special? Suhoor and Salat al-Fajr, right? So hopefully if you say Bismillah, you're going to inshallah wake up for Fajr, right? Because you're asking Allah, Ya Allah, I'm sleeping for you, I need your help. Also, what happens to our bodies when we sleep? Something weird happens. Yes. Something leaves our body. Yeah. What happens to us when we sleep? We drool and we, snee and we snore for some people. Right? You don't feel like time's passing by. You know what? Yeah, close your eyes open and it's like you haven't even slept, right? Yeah, it's like two seconds. So what, you know what happens when we sleep? There's this thing inside of our body called ruh. You guys know what that is? Ruh, soul, spirit, right? It's something unseen. That's what keeps you alive, by the way. What happens to uh, a body when like, you shoot a body down? I'm not saying shoot someone down, right? But when you shoot someone down, what happens? What, what's going to happen to him? He's standing. What's going to happen to him? Why does he fall? Because the ruh left the body. Right? So what's the difference between someone living and someone dead? It's Exactly. So, so, long, so long as the ruh is in your body, you're going to be alive. You're going to be breathing. The moment your ruh leaves your body, what happens? You die, right? Does the ruh die, by the way? The ruh doesn't die. Okay. Since we talked about ruh very quickly, let's talk about this also. Does our body need food and drink to, to stay healthy and fit? Yeah? Do we need to take showers every day? Why? To stay clean, hygienic, right? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, so you need to be always clean. Very good. Do most people clean, uh, take care of their body, cleanliness? Do they eat food and drink? Do most people do that? Yes, yes right? Some people don't, like very little people don't, like, you know. But most people do. What about the ruh? Does it also need food? 
the ruh also needs food. What is the food of the ruh? You know where the ruh came from? Came from Allah, right? So Adam salam, you know, he was our father, right? Adam salam, the first human being to be created, okay? He was created from what? Who knows? Clean, right? Clay and pottery, right? And then, was he alive when he was in uh, clay? Was he alive? He wasn't alive, he was just like a clay of pottery. But then what happened? Who blew, who blew the ruh into Adam? Allah. Wow. Can you imagine this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blew his own ruh into who? Into Adam. So that same ruh that Allah blew into Adam is, is in whose bodies now? Us. Okay. So this ruh came from who? So how does it get food? How does it get food? By remembering Allah. Okay? Remembering Allah is food for the ruh. When you forget Allah, what happens to the ruh? It's, it's crying, it's miserable. Oh, I want to remember Allah. Feed me, feed me, please feed me. Right? It's desperate for food. But do most people feed the ruh? And you know, when you don't feed the ruh, are you going to be happy or are you going to be miserable and sad? Yeah. Are most people happy or miserable? Are most people in, in the world? You think they're happy? Some happy, some miserable. It's okay. If you have all the cars in the world and you have the biggest house in the world, the biggest swimming pool in the world, and the biggest boat in the world, does, does that give you true happiness? No. No, right? Yeah, because you can't buy happiness. Very good. And sometimes, you know what happens? Some very, very famous celebrities, they end up committing suicide. Have you heard of that? Right? They kill their old selves. Why do they do that? Are most celebrities rich? Are most celebrities famous? Do most celebrities live in very amazing houses? Do most celebrities drive amazing cars? Can they travel anywhere they want? But still what happens? They're still miserable. Okay? Why? Because what's not being fed? The ruh. Very good. So when you don't feed the ruh, what happens? Yeah. Okay. So how do we feed the ruh to remembrance of Allah? How do we remember Allah? The best way to remember Allah is, is salah. And why salah? Because in salah we're reading Quran. Okay, and Quran is the word of Allah. When you make dua, you're remembering Allah. By the way, when you come here to this medlis, what are you doing? What are, what are you feeding? Because I can't feed you food and drink, right? Because you're all, inshallah, fasting. But I'm, I'm feeding you something else. Yeah, we're, we're all being fed the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of our ruhs are, be, are being fed, okay? which is amazing, inshallah. That's why hopefully if you're paying attention, you're not sleeping, by the end of the class, what's going to happen? Yeah, you're going to feel good, inshallah. Something inside of you, you'll be like, wow, something's alive inside of me, right? This is what happens when you understand Quran. So, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. What does ar-Rahman ar-Rahim mean? The most merciful, okay? The most loving, the most caring, and the most... Merciful. Remember these three words, loving, caring, and merciful. Who does, when you think of these three words, who does it remind you of? 
Who is the most loving, caring, and merciful person in your life? Yeah, but specifically who? No, in your life, like not in this world. Your mother, very good, Sleiman. The most loving and caring and merciful person in your life is probably your mother, right? Why? Because she cares about you, she loves you, she gave birth to you, and she wants you to be happy, she doesn't want you to be hurt, right? She wants you to go to Jannah, inshallah. That's why that your mothers have sent you here, right? Did your father send you here or your mothers? Ah, uh, see? So it's another sign that your, your mothers love you, inshallah, and they care about you and they want mercy for you. By the way, if you make mistakes, do you make mistakes sometimes? Does your mother get angry for, with you and doesn't talk to you for like three months? What happens? Next day or maybe after a couple of hours, right? She forgets or forgives, right? And we forgive and she kisses you and she forgets. Does she keep reminding you, by the way, you lied the other day, by the way, you didn't do your homework. Does she keep reminding you of stuff bad that you did? No, she forgives you, right? Now, the Prophet ﷺ has taught us that the mercy, you know this mercy between the mother and the child? Allah's mercy is nearly a hundred times more than this mercy. Can you imagine this? Allah's love for us and nearly a hundred times more than your mother's love for you. Allah's care for you is nearly more than, nearly 99 times, a hundred times more than your mother's care for you. No one notices that because, you know what's sad? We don't know Allah. When was the last time you tried to know Allah? When was the last time you tried to figure out who is Allah? Yes, Saad. Last month. Okay, very good. So, who makes us forget Allah? Very good. Who doesn't want you to even know Allah? Shaitan, right? That's his big game. And shaitan, by the way, remember I told you that the ruh needs food? Who doesn't want your ruh to ever be fed? Shaitan. Yeah? Allah wants you to remember him. When you remember Allah, you get close to him. And when you get close to him, you start loving him more. Because you start to get to know him better. And what's the best way to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Specifically what in salah? The Quran. So why don't most people know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? They don't read the Quran with understanding. Okay? So inshallah, by next class, we're going to figure out who Allah is. Like the, of course, there's how many names of Allah are there? A lot, right? There's many names. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Al-Ghafoor, Al-Tawab, Al-Wasi'. Right? There's so many beautiful names of Allah. They call them Al-Asma' Allah Al-Husna, right? But in Surah Al-Fatiha, Allah mentions specific names. Can you think about which names? First of all, Allah, right? Bismillah, right? Allah. That's one of his names, right? Allah. So next class, we're going to think about or talk about what does Allah mean. And then Ar-Rahman is another name. Ar-Rahim is another name. And then? Yeah, Malik Yawmuddin is another name. Uh, that's not a name. <laughs> that's just an ayah, okay? That's you saying. So the first three, so Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Malik Yawmuddin. These four ayat will cover Allah's names. And you know what's something amazing about? Which one? Al-Aziz, yeah, but it's not in Fatiha. 
Yeah, but it is, it is one of Allah's names. Now, why did Allah choose Allah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, Malik, Yawmidi? Why did Allah choose these to be in Fatiha? Okay, very good, very good. Very, it's very close. What Allah does in Surah Al-Fatiha, and by the way, where do these names come in Surah Al-Fatiha? In the beginning, in the middle, or at the end? So what is Allah doing in Surah Al-Fatiha? Right at the beginning. Letting us know who He is. So He's introducing us to Himself. He's introducing us to who Allah is. Wow. So inshallah, next class, we're inshallah going to figure out who Allah is by some of His most, uh, his most famous or most uh, important names. And by the way, one of, uh, one of the names I forgot to mention is Rabb. Right? Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. So how many names are there going to be? Allah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, and Rabb and Malik. How many names? Five names. So inshallah next class, we're going to be studying these five names to get to know who Allah is. And I'm going to share with you also what happens after you know Allah. Okay, after you say Malik Yawmuddin, what happens? You raise your hands and what do you say? Oh Allah, I want to be your slave. Okay? Why, why did it happen after these ayat? Because khalas, now you know Allah. And when you know Allah, you love Him. When you love Him, you want to be close to Him. And what's the, clo best, what's the best way to be to close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yeah, to be in Jannah and, the, and also to be His abd. That's why you say, Ya Allah, I want to be your abd. And you're saying it, Iyak, which means I want, Ya Allah, I choose to do it. No one's forcing you to be his abd. I'm not forcing you, Allah's not forcing you, your parents not forcing you. Who's choosing to be his abd? You. Why? Because you just discovered who Allah is. And when you discover and know who Allah is, you fall in love with him. You realize how amazing he is. And how merciful and caring and kind he is. And so inshallah with this we conclude today's dars Because I know you have Fatur And I want to make sure I finish exactly at 5 So what did we learn today? We learned that Surah Al-Fatiha is a key of Allah There's 5 names of Allah that we're going to talk about next class We talked about the importance of feeding the Ruh Right? What else did we learn today? Yeah, Shaitan wants you to be miserable He doesn't want you to remember Allah He doesn't want you to feed your Ruh What else? Did we learn today? Many things, by the way. What else? Yeah, how many? I forgot. One, one, four. Very good. How many ayat in the Quran? Over 6,200. Yeah, over 6,200. And... How many pages? About 600. Yeah, very good. How many pages do you have to read every day to finish the whole Quran? 20, yeah. But again... Yani it's good to do. By the way, if you read 20 pages without understanding, do you still get ajr? Yeah, for every letter you get ajr 10 times. So if you say alif, lam, mim, how many ajr do you get? How many? 30 points. 30 dojo points from Allah, right? So inshallah, um, that I'm not saying don't read the Quran, don't read 20 pages. I'm saying if you want to read, read 100, but... Spend some time also to understand the Qur'an, okay? 
And there's no harm in getting ajr, inshallah. So thank you for coming. Inshallah, next week we'll see you. And hopefully next week we will start on time at 4. And we'll end on time, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Any questions? All good? Yalla, you guys need to get going because Futur is on its way, inshallah. And uh, how many of you watch TV before Futur? After Futur? What do you do before Futur? Okay, so at 6 o'clock today, just put Bahrain TV on. Which channel do you put on? Huh? Yeah. Okay, so there's two, two channels for Bahrain TV, right? Uh, it's six now. So, um, channel 55, if you put it on, inshallah, I have a show that comes on for 10 minutes every day before Futur at 6 o'clock. Channel 55, which is like the English BTV channel, English Bahrain TV channel, okay? So check it out and enjoy and tell your family and friends to watch it, okay? Yalla, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.